Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome to the Purple Charm Experience, where I am your host, Chamara E. Fleming, but you can call me Mai. Today's episode, we will be discussing the importance of representation and storytelling. I will also be sharing my sip of the week and my quote of the day, and I'll be reading another excerpt from The Violet Rose. And we may have a time for a little bit of purple history. So without further ado, let's dive right into this episode. My quote of the day. Be thankful for what you have. You'll end up having more. If you concentrate on what you don't have, you will never, ever have enough by Oprah Winfrey. I chose this particular quote for this week because we are approaching the Thanksgiving holiday and I wanted to remember and to reflect on what I've been thankful for throughout this year and what I'll be thankful for going forward. It's important for us to really, really check ourselves in this moment because we're in unprecedented times, especially with COVID. There is much to be thankful for this year. If you're alive and you're listening to this podcast, you have a lot to be thankful for. There's over a quarter of a million people who have lost their lives to this pandemic. 250,000 plus people have lost their lives to this pandemic here in the United States. I refuse to believe that this is a hoax. I refuse to believe that this is something that we cannot control. And I also believe that this is a time when it's important to pull those that are still alive, that we care for, closer to us, and let them know how much we love them. This time is, you know, remarkable. I don't know where we're going from here. I don't know what the future holds. I just know I want to be thankful for what I have today. I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful for my friends. I'm thankful for the people who are the closest to me. Because without them, this life doesn't exist. This life doesn't mean a thing without the people that we love. You know, there's so, so much I could say. You know, it's hurtful to think about those that we lost over the course of 2020. Those who are struggling to, you know, put food on the table, to keep a roof over their heads. It's It's difficult. To, to know that while I may be okay right now, it may not be for someone else. And so during this time, while I am thankful, I'm going to also, you know, extend help to those that need it. Try to do my part to, you know, encourage others and to be a blessing to someone else in any way that I can, whether it's monetarily, whether it's a, a motivational thought or word or prayer, something. We all can do something. And it's important that we 
look out for each other. You know, we are our brother's keeper. And I think somewhere along the lines, we forgot about that. And I don't want to forget that. (laughs) And this holiday season, as we go into the 2020 holiday season, I want you to know, if you're listening to this, I thank you. I am thankful for you. You know, I don't say that um, half-heartedly. I say that with every bit of my, my heart and soul. I am thankful for each of you that have taken the time to support me in any way that you can, whether you read my blog, whether you bought my books, whether you wear or bought my merchandise, my my, my brand merchandise. I just want to say thank you right now. In closing, just remember to be, be mindful and thankful for the fact that you're still here today. Be mindful of the fact that there are those who are struggling right now that may not have all that you may have right now that need a prayer, quite honestly. And for the Thanksgiving holiday season, just be thankful for those who may be going through a lot more than you. Because I believe this year is a little bit more every year is tough but I think this year has had taken its toll on everyone and uh, we've all been touched by COVID in one way or another and so I just want all of us to stay mindful of the importance of loving on the people that we care about the most while they're here also praying for those who Maybe we don't know, praying for someone else that you don't know, and to uh, look for brighter days ahead and just be thankful in this moment because we don't know what tomorrow may bring. Peace and blessings to you. This week on the episode, I thought it would be wonderful to talk about the importance of representation in storytelling. Um, I want to start by um, sharing something that I wrote on Friday, November 13th. I'm just going to read what I wrote because at that moment, I just wanted to capture what I was feeling. So here goes. It is 9.18 a.m., And I sat down on this happy Friday morning to capture my thoughts in the moment on a movie that has taken me by surprise. It's been a long time since I experienced the power and enchantment and wonder of a movie. Representation means everything. And I'm watching Jingle Jangle, A Christmas Journey. It is so good. I love it because the cast is mostly African-American and it's a musical. I will be proud to have my son watch this movie. In fact, I'm proud that my son found it, found the movie, and began watching it before I did. I'm actually watching it because of him. 
I love it because he can identify with the main character, Geronicus, as an inventor. My son is constantly drawing and building things, and, and the movie is so magical. It reminds me of all of my favorite fantasy movies growing up, such as The NeverEnding Story, Goonies, E.T., but this time the kids and adult, adults were actors that looked like my son and my myself. And I feel like Netflix is really doing something special here. This movie will easily become a family favorite during the holiday season. This movie reminded me of the importance of family, creativity, ingenuity, representation, and the power of believing. That was what I wrote in that moment after or as I was watching Jingle Jango. You know, the last time I remember seeing a movie like that and felt like that, I mean, truly felt like that was watching The Wiz back in the day growing up when I first saw The Wiz. And this is this movie is so good. It feels good to watch this movie. I literally cried at the end of that movie because it was just great storytelling. And that's what I mean about representation. You know, although all of the movies that I grew up with that I just adored growing up with, like the Jim Henson movies, um, like Dark Crystal, and so, so many others. Although I didn't necessarily have an African-American character that I can directly identify with, it didn't matter to me because the story was so good that I could see myself in those characters growing up. You know, I think that's something that's changed a lot over time is the storytelling. Like, there used to be a time where you could tell a story and you can see yourself in those characters without the mentioning of what that character looks like. I shouldn't have to necessarily tell you that the character I'm writing about is African-American in order for you to identify with that character. You should be able to identify with that character as a person, as a human being, number one. And then if there are other qualities about that person that allows you to further identify from a, a, for lack of a better term, racial perspective, then that should be able to give you that ability to do so. But, you know, that's something that's really important to me in my books. You know, I want when people pick up a book of mine to read these characters. And, you know, you may not necessarily off the bat identify that they're black or what have you but I do want you to know that once you realize that they are African-American that I'm painting them in such a way that is positive like I want people to be able to connect and see themselves in my characters I want them to be able to to see that I'm uplifting my people as I write not tearing them down so it, it, to me, 
representation means everything. Representation means that, you know, my characters are educated, you know, that they um, they may be going through some of the, the, you know, the typical nuances of being in relationships or being married or being um, um, in, a rom- in a romantic situation that may take a turn for the worse or a turn for the better. But at least you know that from a professional perspective and from a background perspective, that they're being genuinely developed with the hopes of showcasing them in a positive light. Yeah, they might do some 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 terrible some terrible <laughs> or pretty uh, interesting things in the books, especially in Three is a Charm. But I will say that the people they are, you know, they're educated. For the, for the most part, they are educated individuals, and that's what I wanted. I just, you know, I didn't want anybody to be able to say that uh, it had that, that, that the characters weren't created without intention, you know, that they was just thrown together and then having them do, you know, crazy things and, and everything was just sexually explicit. No, that's not... It's not the kind of picture that I wanted to paint. And so, you know, that's one of the reasons why I just, you know, felt like it was necessary to talk about the importance of representation and storytelling. I just enjoyed how Jingle Jangle touched me and what it means for black families, black children, and all children, to be, to be quite honest, because... You know, it's so magical. Like you see Peter Pan, like all these different wonderful movies in this movie. Wally, I mean, it, it was amazing, and um, and so that's what I that's what I want for my my uh, my uh, my stories as well. I want it to 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 land like that. So I hope that, you know, you can you can dig what what I'm trying to say and where I'm coming from. And hopefully when you read my books, you will find something to connect with and find the representation that I'm trying to put forth, the positive representation within the black community that I'm trying to pull forth whenever I write my books. So I just wanted to share that little tidbit with you. And um, yeah, I hope that it finds you spiritually in a good place. So. Thank you. Hi, everybody. So, you know, this is my favorite part of the show where I share with you my sip of the week. And this week, I am going to share with you a wine um, that I really, really found very interesting and I like it a lot it's called truth and it is um a Cabernet Sauvignon California 2016 and um what I found about this one is um has like a fruity very berry aroma to it um it's a medium bodied wine um it's off dry so it has like a semi-sweet taste and 
Um, I will say the finish is that it kind of lingers on your in the back of your throat when you drink when you sip on it. Um, its flavor intensity is that it has a medium, um, very robust um, intensity in my opinion, and um, it's, it's smooth um, for the most part. Um, the tannins are soft in this this particular wine, and it doesn't leave your mouth dry, so you don't have to worry about. Um, the next morning, because I know for me, sometimes if I drink a dry wine, the next morning I, I'll, I'll, my mouth would be dried out. So it doesn't do that. It's a really, really great sipping wine, in my opinion. Um, great to have with dinner or um, over conversation with friends. And so I just wanted to recommend this particular wine to you. I've really been on a, a, a Cabernet Sauvignon kick Um since the fall picked up and so I just want to share that one with you and I hope that uh if you try it please um drop me a line or, or a comment and let me know your thoughts um but otherwise um this is my sip of week sip of the week and it is called truth dark and jammy um Cabernet Sauvignon California 2016 all right Today I'll be reading an excerpt from chapter 5 of The Violet Rose. It had been about a month since Nate started playing piano at the dance studio, and he still hadn't spoken to Violet. They saw each other every day, and their eyes said more than their mouths would ever dare. Violet thought about Nate and how handsome he was all the time. In dance class, she danced full out because she wanted to impress him. Violet had not had any opportunities to introduce herself, but maybe she might have a chance to meet him outside of the dance studio. He seemed like a pretty nice guy, and Jonathan, one of the male dancers, had told her Nate had asked him for her name. Now that Donovan was out of the picture, Violet was free to look for someone new. She wasn't ready for a serious relationship, but she was open to having a friend. She'd enjoy having someone in her life to have dinner with from time to time and to talk to on the phone. Violet's cell phone rang. Hey Tish, what's up? Are you up for going out tonight? I don't have any plans and I don't feel like staying home another Friday night, so what's the plan? Some of the girls want to check out the Savoy. The Savoy was a new restaurant downtown not far from the Charles River. I hear it has a nice lounge area for live entertainment. Have you heard anything about it, Tish? Yeah, there are live bands on Friday night and it has a jazzy cozy ambiance sounds like the perfect place for dinner and drinks and to sit back and relax i'll see if robin wants to go too when do you want to meet eight o'clock okay see you then tish violet disconnected the call i want to stop right there because um this particular chapter I really enjoy what happens when she gets to the Savoy with her girlfriends. It is really sexy. It's really nice. The 
connection that happens between Violet and Nate. And as a reader, you get to experience this 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 sexual or romantic tension that is building between the two of them. And so I don't want to spoil it for you by reading it. I want you to check it out. But I will say that this particular scene came to me in a dream. Um, I had envisioned, um, actually I had envisioned Prince playing, um, at a, at a club and, and, and it came to me in a dream, this particular, um, part of the book. And so I had this really, really, um, seemingly, uh, real experience in my dream where I, uh, was watching him perform and, um, I felt like this could be a really great feeling. Like it, the when, when I woke up from that dream, that the feeling had stayed with me and I had to get what I saw in my dream. It was really, it was almost lucid as if I was actually living through that moment. And so I felt like I had to get it down on p- paper. And so, um, this scene is basically, a uh as a result of a dream that i had um about prince performing and um me being a a a someone that was in the audience watching him perform and i wanted to put my feelings of what i was seeing in that dream (laughs) into what violet saw in this interaction between herself and and nate and so um it's basically, you know, kind of like a fan, kind of like a fan moment where I wish I could have had an opportunity to meet Prince, but I wrote about it in terms of um, these two characters having a, a really, really beautiful um, moment where they are really shy, wanting to get to know each other and wanting to talk to each other. It's kind of kind of high schoolish in a sense want to talk to each other but don't know who's going to be the first one to make a move and who's going to be the first one to say something and it's just really cute I felt like um this this interaction between the two of them and I'm glad that you know it was a dream that I had that inspired this moment so I hope you enjoy it Hey, hey, everybody. Now it's for the portion of the show that I really, really love where I get to talk about my favorite musician. And you all know, if you didn't know, it is Prince. And today's Prince history, I wanted to talk about um, just before we even get started. I want to say if you didn't know who Prince was, you've been living on a rock. But um, there are some people that probably don't will not or won't know who he is because he's no longer with us but if you don't know prince what who prince is or was i'm going to share with you who this amazing incredible human human being was um prince was a minnesota-based singer songwriter musician studio engineer actor director dancer and music legend over his nearly 40-year career he sold more than 100 million albums He also won seven Grammys and an Oscar. He is the main creator of the Minneapolis sound, a blending of rhythm and blues, funk, rock, pop, 
punk and new wave that defined the music of the 1980s. So, with that said, um, my first little bit of Prince history um, would have happened on November 25th of 1978, when Prince's single, Soft and Wet, from the For You album, which is Prince's first album, hit number 43 on the United States R&B chart. Also on November 25th in 2016, Warner Brothers released the Prince album, Prince Forever, in Europe. Now, one of the things I do love about the For You album, it is probably, out of all of Prince's 30-some-odd albums that he, he put out, this, even though it's the first one, is probably one of the most played albums in my collection. Um, my favorite song from this album is In Love. Um, I also love Just As Long As We're Together, Crazy You, and um, I'm Yours off this album. And of course I love Soft and Wet, but those, the for, uh, In Love... Just as long as we're together, I'm yours, and uh, sometimes for you. Um, I play those tracks over and over and over again. Um, they're just classic tracks. You cannot get enough of it. And also, if you didn't know, Prince played every instrument on this on this particular album. Um, when you hear it, you would think he had a whole room full of people playing with him. Uh-uh. It was just him. So... Um, that's the sheer talents of this man. This is why he is an icon. This is why I completely love him as an artist because he was just that dope. And so, um, but I was just, uh, if you haven't listened to soft, I mean, soft and wet in a while, if you haven't listened to the for you album in a while, I advise you, well, I recommend that during this Thanksgiving season, this little Thanksgiving holiday, pick up your your For You album. Even go on, on whatever platform you like to listen to music and listen. Because it is really just a classic album. Um, so many tracks to sing along to. And um, just to put you in a feel-good mood. That peppy, upbeat. And he just had a lot of fun with, it seemed like, with those out that particular album. Because... I know every time I turn it on, I'm just completely um, lost in the music. Fun fact about that particular album, if I'm not mistaken, I've uh, for years I always said um, I think that Sega used um, the music to make one of the tracks on um, use the music for Soft and Wet to make um, one of the songs that's on a board on the um, game, the Sonic the Hedgehog game, the original Sonic the Hedgehog game, there is a level where it's the oil oil factory level that has a song that sounds just like Soft and Wet. I could be wrong, but I honestly believe that they use a sample of music to make that that song for that, that particular part of the game. But that's just me. <laughs> um, and if if there's any gamers out there, especially any 80s kids that grew up in the 80s and 90s um, that played Sega, Nintendo, what have you, but specifically t- Nintendo and the Sonic the Hedgehog game. And if you remember the oil factory, 
stage on the original Sonic the Hedgehog game. If you know what I'm talking about, you know, you probably have heard that particular song and know what I'm <laughs> where I'm going, coming from, from with this. So, um, but I just thought I always just thought it was cool because I was like, I never, I, I never could confirm whether or not it was used or not. But I always said, I think that's soft and wet. It sounds just like soft and wet. And when I from, when I heard the two back to back one time, I was like, ah, oh, this, that has to be it. So that's just my thought on that. And then, um, um, also I just wanted to say, uh, um, I just love the fact that, uh, you know, there's a little bit of history happened the day before on the eve of Thanksgiving that I can bring to you, um, and share with you that has to do with my favorite artist, Prince. So, um, and there's, there's one little thing that I just wanted to say about the Dave Chappelle situation. You know, I always think it's awesome when he, um, you know, connect something that he may go, be going through to his friendship with Prince. And, you know, I don't want to get into the details of his issue with, um, the things that he's going through, um, uh, with, um, his contracts and whatnot. But I just wanted to, to reiterate the importance of owning your own stuff. If you are an artist, if you are a creative, if you are a business owner, entrepreneur, what have you, it's important that we own our own stuff and that if we are going to share what we have created, that someone or whoever wants to um, utilize what we created, they must financially compensate us for what they what we created. And so I just want to leave you with that. If you are someone, I don't care what you're doing. <laughs> If we all create content, if it's something that you own and you've created, make sure that no one utilizes it without your permission. And um, I honestly and wholeheartedly agree with um, Dave Chappelle. I feel like he should be compensated for his um, his work that he did for the Chappelle show. It's not right what they're doing, but that's just my thought on that. Um, and I'm just thankful for what Prince said years ago we may have may have thought that he was crazy back then i for one was couldn't couldn't understand because i was a kid couldn't really understand um why he was making such a bold statement at the time but it completely made sense now and i think a lot of people learn from his mistakes as well as um from his his guidance and from what he you know, the information that he, he, he provided to other artists and creatives as they was coming up and may have been associated with him or had some connection to him and, uh, and learn from the things that he, he did. And I just appreciate what he did because if it wasn't from him, you know, and so many other artists too, um, stepping out there and being bold enough to speak their mind, and to let these these organizations know that if you going to have any, um, if you're gonna capital, if you're gonna make money off of me, you're gonna pay me for what I've created. And then, which made it, you know, made sense when he went back and re-recorded all of his his material so that he owned the masters to his stuff, which made complete sense. 
So I, I wish Dave Chappelle well, and I hope and pray that he gets what he truly deserves because uh, he's truly a talent. He is truly a trailblazer. And, um, you know, no one should be um, stiffed out of the, the work that they put in and uh, the, it's the hard work that they put in and for something that they created. And it's just not fair. So, um, but I just want to leave you with that because I just feel like it's worth mentioning, you know, worth bringing up whenever it, whenever there's an opportunity for it to be discussed, how important it is for us to own what we create at all. you know any one of us it's important that we own what we create so I hope you enjoyed this week's this week's um Prince history and my thoughts on a little bit of something else that's connected to Prince as well so with that being said um thank you Hey guys, I just want to say thank you for joining me on this episode of the Purple Charm Experience. If you enjoyed this podcast, please continue to support by subscribing and also join me each and every time I post a new episode. Not to mention to share it with your friends and family because they also need to enjoy this experience too. So with that being said, I just want to say thank you again and I'll see you next time on the Purple Charm Experience.